Welcome back, everybody. It is another edition of the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And let me give a quick shout out to uh, family. My parents arrived down there yesterday for their annual snowbird trip down, and uh, I'm sure they're probably half in the bag by now. (laughs) I mean, shit, what more could you want when when you're old and gray? so to speak. Anyway, um, you know, uh, we had a good uh, entertaining Super Bowl. We have uh, the, the the old-timer John Mitchell uh, retiring uh, from the Steelers. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, certainly um, we will also get into our very famous or maybe, maybe very infamous Blitzy Awards, which we do at the end of every year, um, celebrating the best and, in some cases, the worst in the Pittsburgh Steelers' previous season. We'll be doing that, and, uh, oh, I'm sure fitting in some time for many, many other non-related items, probably. Uh, Welcome to everybody that is uh, joining us while we are live, and welcome to everyone that will be listening or watching later. Uh, looks like Ian is a little late to the show tonight, which, uh, you know, when you got 48 kids, that happens. Uh, so anyway, Ben and Scarps are here. And gentlemen, I, I hope you are well. And I'm going to just get this thing started right off the bat here. Was it a proper holding call on Mr. Bradbury, Ben Anderson? Yes. Mr. Ryan Scarpino. Yes, uh, but I just want to make a point that uh, officiating is not an easy job, and and I know it's not. It's not. Um, you know these guys are are bigger, faster, stronger than they've ever been. There's there's a lot of bang bang plays that happen, um, but I'm all just all about consistency, and I would rather officials call everything consistently. I agree. Or call nothing consistently, and I th- and. And I think the, the 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 thing about the call is that they didn't call anything all night. They didn't call anything all night. And and I thought there was a more egregious one on Juju earlier in the game on a third yeah. down. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I don't expect those guys to get it right. But the one thing that has lacked over the past couple years, and I don't care that, what the commissioner says, um, it, about you know officials officiating has never been better. I disagree. I think they lack consistency. And again, I I I don't like the call, but it's holding. Yeah, I, yeah, it I was. I agree. It was it was a hold. Uh, that's going to get called more often than not. And and I I do believe Scarps that you you hit on something that I think is what caught the ire of a lot of people is the, the fact that the game had been pretty clean up until that point. Now they, they did have a couple of little, you know, glitches here and there, but, but they were letting them play. And, and I, I think a lot of fans were like, Oh, come on, man, let's uh, let them kick the field goal. Now the Eagles got a chance to come down and, and uh, you know, win the game or, or who knows, but, I, you know, so I think your average fan was just robbed of that experience, but I, I, you have to call it um, because, a, as was mentioned by many of the top NFL people that, that I was reading the day after, you know, if you're going to call that in the second quarter or the first quarter, then you got to call it there. Or you should. Um, you should. You Again, should. I, I think yeah. back to the AFC Championship game in, in New England 
when Eli Rogers was running, he was going to be, he he had beaten the DB behind him Mm -hmm. and the guy grabbed him by the Jersey and pulled as hard as he could. No flag. Nothing. And all I was told when I bitched about that was you're never going to get that call in the last two minutes of that kind of a game. Fuck that. That's bullshit. I, I, that's the basketball thing that drives me freaking insane. That's fucking bullshit. If it's right. a penalty, fucking call it. Right. Or don't. Couldn't, but couldn't be consistent agree more. about it one way or the other. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree I, more. What, uh, what Scarf that, said, and, and that's the frustrating part about it when you watch it, is mm-hmm. that they're so inconsistent. So fucking in, inconsistent. And to sit there and say, oh, no, that's bullshit. They don't even reverse calls on on review that should be reversed mm-hmm. because they're trying to stand up for their for their officials rather than getting the call right. Yeah. No, and, and, and that's part of what irritates the hell out of me, too, is the whole, the whole replay system. Um, I, and, I get it, Scarps. Yeah, the, you know, and the, like – we go back to that N- NFC championship game a couple weeks ago where, where it clearly was not a catch by Devonte Smith and, and people were saying, well, the owner should be on the 49ers. And it's just like, okay, I understand that. But, but the NFL already has a sort of a sky judge. They already, right. have, they right. already have an eye in the sky, which leads me to my next point. And this has been on the table for years and never passes. And, and I, know, I know, I know it's Darth Vader. It's the evil Bill Belichick, but he has said for years mm-hmm. that coaches should be able to challenge all plays, okay? And I'm going to tell you this right now. Nick Sirianni is going to challenge that play. and But here's the thing. Are they going to get it right? So in between the sky judge right. and yep. the challenge, are they going to say, was that holding? And I think if you even look further, they're going to still call it holding. But the problem is they didn't call it shit the whole game <laughs> right and, and to me that was the perfect storm that that the whole call in that situation yeah. you can't you can't be you lax know. the entire game right and then call that at the very end because you've you've given the players the idea the sense that they're going to get away with that shit because you know it's a, it's a championship game and they're going to let you play right well but no they're going to go ahead and call it this time so yeah i i, I get the frustration with from the players yeah. and fans Fans that didn't have a dog in the in the hunt, didn't have a dog in the fight, still yep. bitching about it. I get it. Um, but, yeah, the call was correct. It's just they hadn't called a whole bunch of shit earlier that they should have. And I don't have an issue with Belichick's suggestion about being able to, to challenge mm-hmm. any play as long as you only get two challenges. Because, well, because I am fucking sick. Of all the goddamn stoppages so, for review, it's a absolutely. pain in the ass. Ben, absolutely, I, I, Ben. We, I don't. You know what? I don't like that we're agreeing so much off the bat. This is not good. Um, don't worry. It's young. Yeah, the, it the is, show it is. is. The show is young. It's Keep early. Drinking. So, so I agree with you because if you still only get two challenges, you're going to be conscientious of of when you Damn use them. Yeah. Right. But yeah. also, if you have the sky judge looking for these things that you shouldn't necessarily have to challenge. Maybe you, maybe you keep them even more. So I'm not saying the sky, I'm not saying the sky judge judge has to look for penalties and whatnot, but I'm talking about sort of the, the clear and obvious ones yeah. like that yeah. Devonte Smith catch. Like yep. we, they had every angle of replay that we did and boom, right away. That person could, could, can, you know, hit the button, buzz the judge. I don't know what year is it, 1995. He's got a pager. He finds a pay phone, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. But, but like, listen, like we're, you know, we're 2023 now. They can figure out a way to do these things and make it easier on coaches so that 
hey, I only got two challenges, um, but I can challenge anything I want now. Right. And I know the guy or whoever upstairs mm-hmm. is gonna is is gonna be doing not right by me, but right by the game, right? Like it, it, this isn't like some personal thing. I think that would help, and I think that that would improve consistency. But also Goodell, you know, going out there and saying I don't think officiating's been any better. I mean, what do you want the guy to say? You know, I mean, he's the commissioner of the league. He makes millions of dollars a year. He has to defend his product. Yeah, I get it. That that's fine. But I mean, he. He could have acknowledged that it's not perfect yes. and still said, yes. you know, you know, we know it's not perfect, but we feel that we've made continuous improvements year over year and that it's getting better, not yeah. worse. Right. And I then think- dropped it mm-hmm. instead of, oh, I don't, I think it's just better. It's he got the fence. It's ever yep. been, and I don't know yep. what you're talking about. Problems with the <laughs> So coming up. This week, I believe the XFL kicks off. And the only damn reason I am mentioning it, is because they are going to allow coaches to challenge any play. So Heinz Ward can challenge whatever play he wants. Yes, and and, and the only reason I'm I'm interested is because I want to see how it works. I just want to see what they do. Much that, that, slower game. Yeah, absolutely. In my opinion, with with athletes that are yep. you know obviously not as good. Yep, and you know it's it's just it's not going to be. As good a product. Right. I just want to see the procedure. How do they do it? How do they handle it? Is it something that the NFL can look at and go, okay, all right, that's an interesting thing to maybe consider or or say, hey, no, we're not going to consider. I'm probably not going to watch it, so you have to tell me how it goes. uh, Well, I'm going to check the highlights myself. I doubt I'll be tuned in either, but um, I I think it's it's interesting. Um, We did have a, a reader email this week, gentlemen. And the question was kind of piggybacking on this issue of that call. And the the question really was about, do do fans, do we as fans, do we prefer a game that is officiated tightly and fairly or one that is just let them play but understand – that some things are just not going to get called. Uh, ben, where do you fall in on that? I, I lean a little more in the direction of some things are not going to get called. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what you need to take out of that is bias to protect certain players. Okay. I realized that Tom Brady was the NFL poster child but he got an awful lot of calls after the whistle by throwing his hands up in the fucking air yeah. and going, what the fuck? And then they throw the flag. Okay. Shit like that has to go. Yeah. Actually I saw Ben get a few of those late in his career. He, did. he got a, He got a few of those where he's like, what the hell? And then they throw it. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah, if I'm a fan of the other team, I'm pissed. I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh, that, that aspect of it has got to go. They got to call it clean. They got to call it straight. They should be graded on a weekly basis. Those grades should be should be public, in my opinion. Um, the idea of fining a, officials to me is ludicrous. Those guys don't get paid enough money. Got to make them full-time if you're going to do that. Yeah. Those guys don't get paid enough money to come out and do officiating to to support finding them five thousand dollars when they fuck up a game. I don't I don't know if you saw, but Mark Schlereth, because uh, the NFL Films had the angle, like NFL Films had the angle. They of the did. Hold. 
and it's a clear hold. And Mark Schlereth like quote tweeted it. Um, something like something like uh, yeah, something about missing the hands of the face on the left tackle. Yeah. Um, so uh, I mean, by the left, sorry, by the left tackle. So so John, yeah. it was a jo- is it Josh Sweat or Montez Sweat? Or is it, it Keith was, Sweat? It's Josh Sweat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Keith Sweat too, but um, but but one of the sweats, uh, one of the sweats got got hit. I mean, literally. I mean, he yeah, the face yeah. mask. So you know, you got you got to know you got to know a lineman actually defending a defensive line. Yeah, would have been offsetting penalties. Yeah, and, and you know, so, shit like that does get missed. Mm-hmm. But when the ref is right there and can see it and calls it, and the call is correct. Why are we complaining about it? That, uh, you know, get back to your question. Um, I think, I think, every, regardless of what, what what the outcome is of inefficiating, somebody's at a bitch, right? Yeah, um, every time. But yep. my my personal preference is that I'd rather see an like I said, I'd rather see an official call everything consistently. Exactly. So you know what? If there's and I get it. If they if there's twenty penalties or twenty five penalties in a game, and and we've seen some of that, those yes, I feel like some of those recent be, will be when Marvin Lewis is still the Bengals coach and Vontez. <laughs> I remember like everything was a penalty, and yeah, it got yeah. sort of outrageous. But um, I mean, it's part it, of that it, is reputation, though. When you when you get the rep as being that fucking guy, they're looking for a reason to throw the flag. Yeah, on. I just I mean, I, you know Heinz Ward, God bless him. Yeah. Toward the end of his career, mm-hmm. they were like, mm-hmm. "Uh huh, yeah." Uh, listen, Hines, um, we're looking for a reason to remember that where there was shit that was clearly offsetting, and they yeah. would only flag Hines. Yeah, uh, he's he obviously started it, and yeah, and yeah. and you know, uh, yeah, I, I just I don't like, yeah, I don't know, I don't give a shit how long the game the game takes is as we all know we love this shit we eat this shit up like, like we don't care we don't care if it's 50 to 50 to 50 uh at one o'clock game uh and it's 5 30 into overtime like we don't give a shit like we're just like yeah we, give me more and, we and bitch so, like, afterwards but yeah, 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 but, yeah but in that moment in that moment yeah when an official makes a call like that, when they hadn't made a call like that all game, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, I'm going to give credit to Joe Starkey, a uh, local Steelers reporter uh, on 93.7 The Fan, and he he said we we were robbed of a potential moment because it would have given the che- it would have given Hertz, uh, you know, extra time to go down kick right. a field goal, and then we would have gotten to see the first, the, sorry, the second Super Bowl. That goes to OT, but the first one with the new rules were both teams. And like at that point, you're like, there was another uh, Super Bowl that went to OT. Patriots Falcons, twenty eight three. Oh, twenty twenty eight three. And, and what happened? The Patriots got the ball. They scored went a touchdown. Right down the field. But in this instance, you're like, all right, Mahomes, they're going to score a touchdown. But then there's 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 the the drama of could Hurts tie it up again like it's just like right and I don't want to play the what if game because I hate playing that but right when you make a call like that you you mess with a lot of things I I mean and that's you could play that what if game throughout the entire game that's just it mm-hmm. you know what what if what if uh Bolton's uh return TD off the fumbles not it's not rule of fumble you know what? What if? Or if Hurts just holds on to the ball? Yeah, what if, I mean, what I mean, if that so catch many. that was returned for a touchdown? Yeah, I mean, that it, was so close. It was. If they, if they had ruled it, 
I don't know, man. It was tight. It was, it was really tight. tight you yeah. know, it, it was like they didn't want to make a ruling. They wanted to review it. So they just let him play. Mm-hmm. And they said nothing. And then they reviewed it. And they were like, yeah, no, he didn't have control. And actually, I think they got that call right, too. But it was. It was close. And I yeah. do appreciate they let it play out. I think that was good because we've seen all too often where they haven't. But um, I would also, sorry, sorry, guys. Well, I was just going to yeah. ch- change direction here a little yep. bit. Uh, uh, yeah, Scarps, where where do you rank the performance of Patrick Mahomes, uh, real quick, before we move on to some Steelers stuff? Um, the Chiefs scored thirty-one points. The Chiefs' offense scored yeah. thirty-one points in twenty-four minutes. Um. The Steelers on a good day score. <laughs> score. What are you trying to say, Scar? Yeah. I'm just are saying you, that. Why you got to be a dick? Um, the Steelers towards the end of the season were scoring 29 or 28 to 28 to 30 in two games combined. Now they won the game. They won both yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, I listen. Mahomes is 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 unbelievable he is great I, i'm not gonna sit out there and say he's already the greatest because no, because tom no. brady still exists and and i still think there are other quarterbacks that are probably better than mahomes but mahomes is just so goddamn entertaining he's so yes. smart he like i don't know if you saw this but they were in the wrong formation on that game-winning touchdown they were in the wrong formation yeah. and he knew they were in the wrong formation but then Matt Nagy, former Bears coach, who was like, you know what, this this head coaching job sucks. But you know, <laughs> if I can go back to go back to KC with Andy. I don't even know what voice that was. But um, Matt Nagy was like, we were in the wrong formation, and Mahomes was. I'm trying to work on a Patrick Mahomes impression, but Patrick Mahomes was like, yeah, I know, but but they were playing zero, and I yeah. knew exactly. And I'm just like, this dude, this dude, this dude, just, he's and all, I mean. Not to take anything away from him, he didn't have that. He didn't have them that monster game with the numbers. But again, thirty-one points in twenty-four minutes—that's uh, yeah. unbelievable. Well, no, it's twenty-four you know, points in in thirty minutes, right? Um, I thought it was thirty-one points in twenty-four minutes time of possession. No, it was, it was twenty-four points in thirty minutes. And oh, okay. I mean, no. I thought it was in time of pos- time of possession. Sure. Okay. Yes. Time of possession. Okay. Yes. Right. That that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at at the overall clock. They scored 24 points in the second half, and and they they worked over the Eagles' defense. The Eagles' defense looked like shit in the second half. I don't know what the hell was going on. Um, uh, that vaunted pass rush we expected to to be the difference. Yeah. Between, I I overplayed know, between, that. Hand. So did yeah. I. I thought and that I, was going to be the difference. And it I wasn't. think the thing that. Mahomes really deserves credit for was he's playing on a bum ankle. Saw him wincing a handful of times yeah. when he's on the field, and he still stayed in there and played well. Played at a very, very high level. It's not the greatest performance I've ever seen in a Super Bowl, but no, he played at a high level for the entire game with that ankle. Yeah, his line kept him clean. Yes, but he got the ball out quick. Oh, zero, zero sacks. Oh my god, I yeah. was saying, I was saying they were going to get that ass, and they didn't even get close to that no. ass. Fuck no, they didn't even I pressure mean, him. They god. were lining him up in shotgun most of the game, and he just kept. It's like, man, eh, 
Boom. Well, you, three you know, seconds or less, out, it, it, out comes the ball. It's funny in the in the what if game, you, you wonder if that's if that's a, a, a conference championship game, a divisional game. You know, he doesn't have all that time at halftime. And while we haven't, I don't think we've seen confirmation. I have to believe he got a shot at halftime. Um, a turtle? Oh, Probably. definitely. Uh, hey, you know why we're talking about officiating and all that? You know, the, the formation that the Eagles use on fourth down and short that currently uh, is legal. Good, yeah. That currently is legal. Uh, I have to believe the league is going to look at that. I for, think so, too. For a couple they, of reasons this They said year. today they were they – were, there's reports that they're already talking about that. They're called it the tush push or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Where they, yeah. they get two – they line up two guards, basically. I mean – two fucking tight ends behind the quarterback mm-hmm. and they, mm-hmm. they both jam their shoulder pads into his ass and push him forward. And, uh, Hertz is a, is a bigger quarterback. He's a thicker guy. He's a power. Oh lifter. yeah. He, he's big. He's a power lifter as a, as a, uh, hobby. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, but as Cam Hayward pointed out the other day in his podcast, he's like, you know, sooner or later, what's going to happen is somebody's going to smack Hertz in the face when he comes over that line, because you want him to stop running that shit. Right. And they're going to spear him right in the face. Yep. And he's going to get injured. You're going to so, get bent back, something like that. Yeah. Yep. You've got, you, you've got the one thing where it's a, basically a rugby play that they're pulling. And it's, yes, it gives the offense an advantage, but it's dangerous as well. Yeah. Where a quarterback is going to get hurt. It is going to happen. I think that's to me. That's why I look at it. It isn't. It isn't just about the fact that you know this. This really gives one side an unfair advantage. It's also that, like I said, at some point that guy's getting smacked. Either a safety or a linebacker is going to come up over the top and just. And that's going to be the end of it. It'll be a fifteen-yard penalty, but they won't run it again. Yep, I I think it gets heavily looked at. I don't know if they'll have enough to to you know what do they got to have like a a twenty-four out of thirty-two to vote something in or out on that. But to me, it just it's like a rugby scrum. It's just I don't know how the defense had a chance. I mean, when you've got a big quarterback, you got all you got an all pro at center. And then you got these big men pushing him forward. I mean, I don't care who you got. Like you have Casey Hampton lined up across from him. I don't know that he's going to be able to do much. Um, that's, but it was a good point. You know, Jen you know, here, Jen I'll brought up it. the field conditions too. The field, that yeah, was the field was terrible. Embarrassing. The field had been resodded yep. and it was still wet when they moved it in. I don't know if people are familiar with the field at, at the Cardinal Stadium. They actually they, can slide it out. Yeah, they yep. roll the grass out into the parking lot and yep. grow grass year-round and then roll it in there. When That's when not the only playing. grass that's in the parking lot. <laughs> I need to get my board out so I can do a rim shot. Probably. <laughs> so, yeah, they had resodded the field between, yeah. between the hashes and <laughs> to try and make it better, and they made it worse. Worse. <laughs> Oh, it was, yeah, just, just bad, but, uh, you know, entertaining game. And that's really all you can want from a, from a Super Bowl when your team's not in it. And, uh, that was the case, but, you know, uh, I was going to point one thing out real quickly. Yeah. The maneuver we just talked about, uh, the Eagles pulling. Yeah. The Steelers use it. Yeah. They finally got around to it a the, little the bit. The Steelers use it all the time with Najee. They yeah, just have another yeah, guy. Yeah. They have another guy or two come around behind Najee and push forward. Uh, Miles Boykin. They used Boykin a little bit too. Yeah. 
They used Boykin and they used um, they they used uh, Connor Hayward. They used yeah. a number of people in that role, and uh, we we got some first downs out of it. So you know, uh, replacing divots during commercials. I, I my, my divots I have to replace after every swing on the golf course. So. Uh, yeah, man, I'm pretty. I, I'm pretty much a disgrace. Yeah, and I'm not talking good well. divots either. Uh, anyway, um, the the Steelers this week uh, it was announced that uh, John Mitchell was retiring. Um, he has been with the team for 29 years, um, and you know the last few years he's been. I would almost call him like an emeritus type. Uh, really, not a position coach anymore. Uh, assistant head coach was the title. Uh, Scarps, you're you're much more familiar with Coach Mitchell than than us. Um, what what does this mean for the Steelers? Does it mean anything at all? But what what does it mean in in your opinion? Um, you know, as we yeah, I mean Mitch Mitch was Mitch is a character. He he has a he has you know big presence, jovial. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, he, he's like a, he is a very, very important piece um, to not only the Steelers, but, uh, but for, but for black football players in the SEC. And I say that because he was the first black player to play at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big I, deal. I forget that. I, I knew that and I forget it. It's a big yeah. deal. And, and I got a couple of Mitch stories, if you don't mind me sharing, but, but I'm leading it. off of that is. Uh, one time Mitch did a, a long, a long, long interview with Showtime, uh, and it was about that very subject, um, segregation um, among, among Southern uh, colleges. Um, so Mitch was at East Arizona. Eastern Ju- Arizona Eastern Junior Arizona, College. Yes. So Eastern yeah. Arizona Junior College. And um, there was some event out there, and John, on, John McKay, who was the coach at USC at the time. And Mitch mm-hmm. was going to USC and bear Bryant from Alabama was there. So bear Bryant and uh, John McKay are, are just bullshitting. Uh, and, and John McKay says to bear Bryant, Hey, I got this kid from Alabama. Who's at East, East Arizona Junior college. Who's coming to USC. And bear Bryant goes, well, what's his name? And he goes, John Mitchell. So Bear Bryant phones somebody or whoever, and they call every John Mitchell, every every last name Mitchell in the phone book. I'm not so like as and yeah. I'm, I'm sitting behind like behind like the the green screen or whatever it is, and I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like that really? <laughs> and Mitch is like, yeah. So like so like so like Bear Bryant called every times were a little John, different back yeah, then. He called every Mitchell or John Mitchell. Uh, in, in, in the phone book. And he finally, he's like, he finally got to my father and, and, and then the rest is history. But the cool thing about that is in Mitch's first game at Alabama, they played at the Coliseum. No way. Yes. And, and on the first play, Mitch played special teams. And on the first play, he made the tackle. Unbelievable. uh, The the year before that, um, the story goes that, that, okay, it's Alabama and it's, you know, it's segregated at the time. Hell yeah. Yep. Late '60s, and Bryant wanted to bring in black players, but the the university wouldn't let him. So he invited USC to come and play in Tuscaloosa, and they kicked the shit out of the Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. 
by virtue of the fact that there was a black fullback whose name escapes me right now, um, who just trounced on him. He had almost 200 yards rushing. Was it Sam Cunningham or something like that? Something like that. Ooh, that I'd, have right. to, I'd have to look back. There, I, Google I saw it. a documentary a while ago. Anyway, yeah. Um, and uh, and the university, lo and behold, came around to going ahead and letting Coach Bryant add some black players to his roster. And the first one was John Mitchell, who was an Alabama native, and that was that was a big selling point. You know, an Alabama kid going to Alabama, who yeah happened to be black. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, I've heard nothing but good things about the guy. Um, I, I mean, all these years being a fan, being as close to the team as we can get sometimes, I've never heard a bad word about him, you know? Um, and I, I worry a little bit because, you know, Flores is gone. Granted, he was there just a year. I get it. But, um, Mitchell uh, provided that very heavy veteran senior type presence that you like to have around. Um, and, and you know, you wonder if they're going to try to replace him with something like that. I, I don't know. Um, I have no idea. And uh, I'd like to welcome Ian into the show. Ian was uh, putting uh, work before this show tonight, which is uh, it's probably going to cost you. Get your priorities uh, straight, Ian. Yeah, yeah, pri- yeah. Priority problem, clearly. Clearly, uh, yeah, I yeah, made it uh, though. Not like not like Ben who had to do laundry one night. And it's true. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I was going to Mexico, and... man. I was busy. That's right. That's right. Oh, Mexico. Well, James Taylor for y'all. James Taylor. That's right. Again, like we've already heard Keith Sweat tonight, and now a James Taylor reference. And we, uh, Casey, Casey K- is not even. He's still Casey. Casey's not even in the building yet. Okay. <laughs> He's he's coming. Um, what was I, I? forget my agenda. All of a sudden, there was one other thing. Uh, if we're not Can talking I, about Coach Mitchell, but yeah, go ahead, Scarf. I just I, I Mitch is Mitch is wonderful. Um, yeah. Three quick things. Mitch was Mitch was always in the gym in the morning. Like if Mitch wasn't in the gym in the morning, he either like you knew something was up. He was either right. out of town. He was whatever. Um, and you always knew he was in the gym because because once you open the doors to go to the back, as soon as you'd open the doors, you'd hear like Soul Town blasting on Sirius XM, <laughs> and he would sing and shit. And every every day he'd be like, "Let's go, baby!" Like he was just. And then two things. I don't remember what. What year it was a training camp, but this player failed the run test and it was terrible. And like Casey Hampton, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think remember I think, that. I think Casey got grandfathered and he didn't have yeah. to do it. No, yeah. it was 2007. Was it seven or was that it might have been? A, that might have been. What was last. the year? What was the year that Tomlin put Casey on the pup list? Was it ten? He put him on the pup list, and he didn't let him practice for a few weeks till he got in the shape. I do recall that, but I don't remember the year. Yeah. All right, well, they, well, all right. So this, this, this player, whatever, he f- like just completely botched. Like, it was terror. It was a terrible performance. It was the performance was below the line. Um, <laughs> right. And looking and looking back on it, like I should probably should we probably shouldn't have laughed, but like um, the player's literally like laying on the ground. Like he's fine, but he's just catching his breath. And yeah. like trainers are making sure he's okay. And I mean, shit, from St. Fitz College, you could have been in Greensburg and heard Mitch say, ain't going to make any money down there, baby. (laughs) I I don't know why that always sticks with me. And then the second one was 2015 
at Cincinnati, the game Andy Dalton broke his thumb, which ultimately yeah. led to uh, A.J. Uh, McCarron starting that playoff game. But Stephon Tuitt picked off a pass yes. on that first drive. The play that was a play Dalton, broke, that was his play thumb. broke his thumb. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's trying to make a tackle, which is the dumbest thing ever. But anyway, Stephon Tuitt comes over to the sideline. And I mean, he is fired up. The whole defensive line is fired up. And Mitch is casual as could be. He's got like the surface pro. He's just walking. He goes, make one damn place. You're all damn pro. And I was just, I will never forget that as long as I live. Because I mean, it was actually really like, it was a great, really good play. Like, yeah. That defensive line was all over him. And like, it just, that just like Mitch, he was, he was so honest. Like, he didn't give a shit who you were, where, yeah. what round pick you were. I mean, like, like, I mean, again, we're going back to the days when if you were drafted on defense, yeah. you had to wait to actually mm-hmm. play, let alone start. It's true. Yeah. Guys like Cam didn't even play most of their first year. No, you're, so, you're right. Anyway, yeah, right. That was the year. The Mitch. Yeah. Cam, Cam sat Love behind line. Ziggy fucking Hood for a year, year and a half. God, You're in a God. Imagine that now, looking Sucked. back at that. Weight Holy room shit. strong. Unbelievable. Hey, just a reminder, we're proud to be part of the Pigskin Podcast Network and associated with our very good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. Um, Anyone else entertained by Steel Dad's readers? Hey, you know what? I, 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 I can do it without them, but it would be like this. You know, I, 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 man, we got to keep the lights on. Right, exactly. You know, it's like uh, I get these babies. These are like a dollar at the uh, dollar store. So a dollar? Oh yeah, they're great, man. I get like ten of them, and that, so I leave them all over the house. Yeah, so now I know where they are. Your wife probably loves that shit. What's that? I said your wife probably loves that shit. Oh, you know her too well. Yeah, yeah got that right. Jesus, Kramer. Uh, what else? <laughs> Anything I tell else? you, I can't get no respect. <laughs> I can't get no respect. Just take the trash out. I take myself out. Um, any other Steelers-related items this week? Uh, well, you know, uh, we have free agency. We yep. have the draft. Yep. I, we get a whole bunch I, of shit coming up. I do want to mention the worst tweet I've seen in a long time. <laughs> oh, Okay, yeah. which uh, one? Well, there's many, all, always. But uh, how about a fresca? Uh, Jason Smith, he's done late night ESPN radio for years. Suggested this week that oh yes, the, the, the best David landing Carr. spot for Derek Carr is Pittsburgh. Derek Carr, excuse me, yes, because the Steelers aren't going anywhere with Kenny Pickett. Ian, you should take this. Uh, yeah, Ian. So I, I'm just gonna segue that over to you um, because you've made this this comparison for a long time, and and well, anyway, I'll show. So up, is but... Ben, but yeah. Uh, why yeah. should why should we spend twenty million to sign Derek Carr when we have the younger version of Derek Carr already on the roster? Yeah, well, let's talk about Derek Carr's record and stats in cold weather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, D- Derek no Carr is not coming to Pittsburgh. Oh, let's hope he's not. Let's I, hope not. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't see them signing a Derek Carr to to back up. No, their, no, their first no. round pick, who is their incumbent starter. Yeah, 
I'd be very surprised. You know, no, Kenny much and Derek more Carr had the same quarterback rating as rookies. Say that again. I said Kenny Pickett and Derek yeah. Carr had the exact same quarterback rating as rookies. That's crazy. Yeah. Shocking. Yes. I, you know, yeah, at but, the end of the day, Derek... I think what's going to happen is, I mean, Carr's already visited New Orleans. Yeah. And he's, sat down he's... and talked with him. Yeah. He, that's where he's going to end up. I don't know it, if he's going to make the same kind of money, but you couldn't ask for a better. Listen, you play in a dome. You're in a fucking Brady's gone. That division is yeah. poop. It yeah. is. You don't have it to. Is. You don't have to see Mahomes or Herbert or Broncos country. Let's ride. You know, <laughs> play, he should be playing in a dome or warm weather. Yes. You know, stadiums. Yes. You know, and his division is pretty warm weather. If he goes to the AFC, the NFC South, um, two of the teams playing domes. It really is a better situation for him than going to some cold weather team in the Northeast. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I'll say about Derek Carr, and and we'll, mm. we'll, this remains to be seen about Kenny, but Derek Carr was an MVP finalist the year that he broke his leg. and yeah, right before the playoffs. And they were good that year. And, were, yep. and if you want to talk about, like, yes, the Raiders are trash, but the Raiders are also a little bit cursed in a way. Um, a little bit. I don't know if we'll ever see Kenny Pickett in a top three MVP finisher. I mean, it, it depends on what the Steelers do with the line. Again, I'm going to come back to that. Derek Carr had a great line that year. They gave him time. If you give an NFL quarterback time, I mean, Andy fucking Dalton was a second year, was a second team All Pro one year because he had mm-hmm. a great line. Mm-hmm. And if you have a good line and you're an NFL quarterback, you can pick defenses apart. You you just have to have time. I mean. Look at Brady late in his career in, in in New England. The guy was back there. He had he had enough time to like call and order a pizza for after the fucking game before he threw the goddamn yeah. ball. You think yeah. Brady likes pineapple on his pizza? I really hope not. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you see the story about Joe Montana? Yeah. It, it, where he no, picked he up the eat pizza. No, 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 no. Joe walked over to the sideline once after coming off the field, and it, you know back then they had the sideline phones that looked just like our house phones. And he picked it up. He dialed nine in his home number and actually called his wife during the game. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, nah, I just thought you're right in the middle of the game. I mean, that's cool. I mean, Joe that's cool. a fucking boss move. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's Joe cool. You know, I mean, that's just him. Anyway, I digress. No, that um, is cool. What about Andy Dalton? Burner suggesting Andy Dalton as a potential backup for Kenny. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, no. <laughs> okay. Well, wait, wait. Let, let, me, uh, let me say this. I actually don't. I like that. Actually. Andy, I don't hate Andy, it. Andy Dalton for two million dollars or under. Sign okay, me up. yeah. Like actually, Andy financials... Andy Dalton for like for like three point five or under. I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah. Andy Dalton's commanding like six seven million dollars right yeah, now. Yeah, not for that. I no, know. Yeah, no fucking yeah. way. I'd have yeah, to I... go. I'd have to go dig it up. But I know we. I know we we poke fun at Andy Dalton because he was a Bengal. But Andy Dalton is actually an elite company when it comes to like first uh, first like five or six seasons with like this many passing yards and this many touchdowns like he was not bright he was not some aj green but you know dalton's bright no no he he really is he's an overachiever he's 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 less talented than he he also had aj green what what fucking point do we not make that for the steelers like ben didn't have a receiver no you're right right. i'm just i'm I'm pulling your chain right listen, (laughs) listen hold on 
I came in late, so I got to be strong tonight. Yeah, but I will say this. Before you came on, Ben and I were agreeing on everything, so I need to fucking switch this shit up right now. Don't worry. worry. We'll we'll do the blitzes (laughs) later, and we can argue about that. But aside from Antonio Brown, every receiver that left the Steelers playing with Ben looked worse after the fact. All of them, without exception. AB's production dropped in half after he left. Oh, AB's production did drop yeah but he, he in half still obviously very talented after he oh, i i will not disagree with that but yes his production you know, dropped in half yeah he didn't have a guy who could throw that ridiculous deep out right like he had with ben i mean th- those guys for three or four years jesus christ that was unstoppable <laughs> yeah. it didn't matter you could have him triple covered it didn't matter they'd still complete that fucking pass and it was just like you just go god again Again, these fucking guys, how, God, that deep out over and over and over. Ben would just throw it up. He'd be like, fuck it. He's down there someplace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. You're right. But you got to have a quarterback that can throw that. Yeah. Gentlemen, should we get into the blitzies? Uh, Why the hell not? Why not? It's time for the blitzies. Did you guys actually do any prep for this? Not at all. That's Actually, oh, I got, I oh man, I got a list. Fuck, I whatever. Did, I did graphics. Oh, yeah. Look at this, boys and girls. We have the. You can't even see my face. The DraftKings ads over it. Oh, well, that's what you get for coming late, asshole. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Right. Jesus, right. it's cold. I know. I deserve that. It's okay. sorry. Uh, the 2023 Blitzy Awards. So we came up with these many years ago. We try to do them at the end of each year. Uh, some of these awards are, are going to be very straightforward, folks, and some of them, uh, well, a little out of left field, probably. And uh, without further ado, uh, let's uh, just go ahead and move to the next slide, which is our most valuable player of 2023. And Ian, since you are Mr. Blitzy, I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, look, you can't even see my middle finger behind the draft. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, tied for the league lead in interceptions uh, as my most valuable player for the Steelers. Yeah, makes sense. Brian? Uh, Agreed. Ian got it right. The Steelers team voted on it. They got it right. And, yes, Minka is the MVP. Uh, And Ben? Uh, I'm going to go with TJ Watt, actually. Oh, boy. He didn't have a great year. He did not. But after he returned – the defense was so much fucking better. I mean, way better. The difference, yeah, they, the difference they, they, he, they he played made, some really good quarterbacks. That, that's true. That's true. They didn't play. They didn't play great quarterbacks. Yeah. Right, I'm but sure. they they did play a lot better as a unit after he came back. Much fucking better. Uh, they are so one, much better when one, he's on the field. One Alex Highsmith about tripled his stats after TJ mm-hmm. came back. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, Highsmith considered Watt for the same reason, but I, I will also go with Fitzpatrick. I, I think he was able to be a much more uh, dynamic type player that uh, we're used to seeing because last year, as we know, he spent most of his time tackling running backs that got through the first and second level. So, um, I, I yeah, he'll, he'll be my guy. Um, that takes us to our offensive player of the year and that's offensive meaning good not offensive like not offensive. stunk gross um yeah the the better the best offensive player of the year ryan will go with you first let's give it up for nosh 
Naj. Six. 673 yards after the bye, 361 before the bye, pretty much doubled his output after the bye, and as yep. much as Kenny Pickett came on in that second half, uh, Najee pretty much won that Raiders game, uh, had a big night against Baltimore as well, and it mm-hmm. all started with a huge game against the New Orleans Saints. I think he set the tone in every game after that oh, sec- after that, uh, after the bye, uh, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. Uh, n- not Trent Richardson 2.0, uh, but Najee Ooh. Harris is the Steelers offensive player of the year. <laughs> wow. Whew. Yeah. Uh, Ben, what do you got? Same. Also, Najee. God I damn mean, it. I hate this game. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> Najee, oh, after, after he got healthy was, was the centerpiece on the offense. Yes. The offensive line improved as the year went on. Yeah. They played better. They blocked nope. better. But Najee got better. He his quickness came back. His lateral quickness, in particular, came back. And it, yeah, it wasn't just it wasn't just that he had big games. It was, it was that his teammates obviously believed in him, and gave him that spark. You know, it, it gave yeah. them that little spark to to move forward and and gave them some momentum when they came into games because they believed in what they were trying to do, at least mm-hmm. with the running game. Uh, Ian. All right, I'm going to disagree with you guys. Right, my, right. my offensive player of the year is James Daniels. Oh, you're going to say Mason Cole? I really did. No. no, James James Daniels, the only player on the line who is not credited with allowing a sack all year. And for as bad as that line was, and they did come together later, but only three penalties for 25 yards and no sacks allowed. Very good free agent signing. Kind of became the anchor of the offensive line, and especially late in the year, kind of took on that Ramon Foster role of you know calling out some of the protections, slapping yeah, Mason yeah. Cole on the side, and telling him when the, the snap was silent count. Right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm going with James Daniels as my offensive player of the year. That's a solid choice. Yeah, I, I think it is too. I, uh, it, it's not as good, however, as mine, which is Mr. Gunnar Olszewski. No, <laughs> fuck uh, you. Uh, <laughs> I will also go with Najee. I think man, we, <laughs> when Najee turned the corner after the bye, uh, I'm really they, surprised nobody picked you know. Pickett. Uh, well, we'll see. He shouldn't I, even I, been rookie of the year. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> I can see in this. Well, let's just move on to the Sweet. next thing. Uh, what do we got here? And now we are on to. I didn't that switch. There we go. Mark right. doesn't know how to work PowerPoint. Oh, I did. What, what happened? One more. Okay, so that got on there twice. It's supposed to be defensive player of the year. Oh. Uh, and we'll start with Ben this time. Uh, again, I'm going to go with uh, with TJ Watt. TJ Watt, okay. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I had Cam. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, Cam had a big year again at 33, which is a big yeah. fucking deal. That's yeah. huge. All right. And he's a stand-up guy, and he's a captain, and yada, yada, yada. But for the seven games that Watt did not play, it it felt like he kept that unit together and kept them focused on the task at hand. And they they did not have a great time or put up a great record mm-hmm. during that period. Mm-hmm. But it was some pretty shitty circumstances. <laughs> when your yeah. best defender goes down and your depth on your squad is terrible. Right. Let's be frank. Uh, it it puts a big hole in the unit, and he kept them together. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna give him props for that. I like it, uh, Ian. 
Yeah, so I went with Minka as the most valuable player, which I think he was, and I'm actually going with a different player at mm-hmm. the same position for my defensive player of the year is Terrell Edmonds, who was yeah. incredibly solid all year and, you know, really paid off as a, you know, one-year signing deal yeah. to bring him back. He really outperformed that contract and, you know, for a guy who I ragged on for a lot of the first oh. few years of his career, oh really impressed me this year and I, I cam had a great year um you know and, and minko i think was the most valuable but mm-hmm. i think overall terrell edmonds uh, you know really was a, a solid factor in that unit all year yeah i i i think that's a really nice pick i you know i don't know i i personally didn't go with him at mvp but i can certainly understand the argument um because of what he allows everybody else on that defense to do uh, Scarps, who's your defensive guy? I'm gonna throw a little curveball here, and I'm gonna talk about my guy that didn't need no practice, Mr. Larry Ogunjobi. Oh, yeah, Larry Ogunjobi was a consistent force all season long. Whatever the Steelers thought they were gonna get from him, I think he doubled that, and he probably played himself into a long term, multi year contract with guaranteed money elsewhere. And I have no problem with a guy trying to get some bread. He was yeah. efficient, he was available, uh, and that's all that matters. And that is a, my opinion, one of the underrated losses that might happen this season with him going somewhere else. I, Let's I, hope I not. Mean, yeah, I think, you know, obviously Cam Sutton, Terrell Edmonds are tops of that free agent thing, but I, I think Ogan Joby's the one that is going to be the most interesting to me in terms of how that plays out. If it does, pictures into this. What's that? I don't, know what, I don't know. What uh, it anyway, uh, my pick, very simply, if I go with him as MVP, then I'm going to go with uh, Minka as the defensive player of the year as well. Period. End of report. Um, and let's see here. Next, we have rookie of the year. This is overall rookie of the year. And I think I'm back to the beginning here. So, Ian, go ahead and kick us off. Who do you got for rookie of the year? Yeah, I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, I, I debated Pickett versus George Pickens for a while. But why? Head. Why are you going to go with Kenny Pickett? I'm I'm going with Kenny Pickett because of the game-winning drives at the end of the at the end of the season. I, I mean, I can agree with that. When yeah. when he when the game was on the line and he needed to perform down the stretch, he really did, and you you really saw the growth in his game. Yep. You know, he had that opportunity against Miami. He had the opportunity against the Jets. You know. A, in two out of the first four games he played, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through interceptions in both of those. But then as the season went on, when he needed to make a play, he was able to do it. Um, and, you know, I, I went on the record on this show after the season ended saying that, you know, I don't know if Kenny is the 10 the year long-term solution yet, but he showed me enough that he is without a doubt, the starter going into next year. Okay. Um, so yeah. yes, Kenny is my rookie of the year. Love it. Love Fair. it. Uh, Scarps. Uh, Scarps, we've lost him. Scarps, you're on. Uh, you're on mute, there, buddy. Son of a bitch! Somebody uh, cut him off. <laughs> um, I mean, we've only been doing virtual for like three years now. I <laughs> um, <laughs> thought I would get it right, virtual. No, I'm going with George Pickens. Um, and. 
Kenny Pickett is definitely worthy. I know I was, I was just joking earlier, but Kenny Pickett was definitely worthy. But George Pickens didn't matter who was throwing in the ball. Yeah, he had a couple of drops, but he was second in yards on the team. He was first in yards per reception. Uh, and to steal a line from Steelers Twitter, he's got that dog in him. He is him. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's really uh, good, though. And if and if he yeah. can and if he can mature, which I think he will. And we've talked about this on the show on the show. They need to get a DHB or a Jericho Cautry in the house um, to help with house. that. Um, but please Pickens, Pickens yes. is really Pickens is. I didn't have doubts about him as a player. I had doubts about his character he and maturity. Yeah, he, he didn't necessarily disappoint me in on that. I mean, he had his moments, but I mean, rookies fuck up. But yep. yeah, Pickens is a really good football player, and he he's, he's definitely the number one wide receiver. Uh, yeah, I I would tend to agree with that. Which I really hate the ben, fact. Is he also your tonight. rookie of the year? No, no. Uh, Kenny Pickett is for uh, for pushing Mason Rudolph into obscurity because he sucks donkey balls. <laughs> So fucking sick of that shit. <laughs> I ain't even gonna fight you on it. That was that was that was that was, you sold that. I appreciate you. That was, that was very nice. Well, well set up there. Uh, I will go with uh, Kenny Pickens uh, as my rookie of the year. Uh, I'm just gonna Kenny give him, Pickens. Kenny Pickens. Yeah, I I think they're both deserving. They both did a little bit of everything. I'm just gonna give it to. to it kind of kind of reminds me of Casey Kasem doing Danger Zone that one it, night. That was ooh, great. That was fantastic. I like that. Uh, let's see our next one. Assistant Coach of the Year. Uh, let's have uh, me. I'll do ben. it. Yeah, Ben's gonna start. Pat here. Meyer. <laughs> oh, it's okay. not even close. All right. <laughs> Everybody's going to say Pat Meyer. And uh, we all had doubts about yeah. Mr. Meyer coming in. We looked at his track record, and the coach and the teams that he coached. And early on in the season, we were like, what the fuck? Yep. This line sucks. This yep. guy's a dick. What the hell? Why did they hire him? And then as the season went on, they actually became a, a scoach better than average by the end of the year. Agreed. So Agreed. I'm looking forward to next season. Hopefully, seeing the majority of this line coming back together, maybe maybe some improvement on the left mm-hmm, side, but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the majority of the line coming back together and playing as a unit, one more off season under this guy, and hopefully uh, an improved, even more improved unit. Scarps, what do you got? Oh, assistant coach of the year. Yeah, I uh, actually burner. I, it's tequila. I. Uh... I actually didn't know this was a category, so I'm not prepared. So uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with uh, Coach Mitch. No, I'm going to go with mustache guy that sits next to Matt Canada. In the <laughs> I don't know who he, I don't know who he is or what he does, but he just looks like he's just as qualified as Canada to be in the booth. So believe, that's true. Cheers I believe that's uh, that's Ted I think, Lasso's brother Phil Lasso. I, I think, I think I, that really yeah. is this. This is the, <laughs> the best Matt, presentation we've seen thus far this Matt, evening. Matt Tom Show, I think, is his name. He's a quality control coach. You're correct. Um, you know, quality control, um, which is not the Janet Jackson song, <laughs> <laughs> but it's whatever mustache Talk guy who sits next to Matt Canada. That's that's great. That should be an award all by guy. itself. Uh, Ian, your choice for assistant coach I, of the year. I thought we were I, joking about that. I didn't know that was a real one. Oh no, that's great. I love it. 
I, I look like Wilson from Home Improvement, like with just my eyes peeking out above this Which is logo fantastic. Here. I got a <laughs> screenshot of it earlier. I know. Um, all right. So uh, I agree that Pat Meyer was fantastic, but I'm going to go with Brian Flores um, because okay, going back to my rookie of the year pick in Kenny Pickett, Brian Flores helped a guy on the other side of the ball in Kenny Pickett improve his game. You so cannot argue with that. I, I'm he, going uh, with Brian Flores as yeah, my assistant he, coach of the year. A little teaser. Oh, look, Ben dropped off. Oh, you can see oh no. A little teaser. There might be a little homage to, to that knowledge later in the show oh boy i think we may have just got a little insight into one mr casey Kasem. uh oh ben's back and he's hiding behind the DraftKings logo Uh uh-oh are you are you there oh shit you're on mute now (laughs) no i'm not on mute did you do that on purpose uh yeah i I just want to swatch places with you I uh, obviously <laughs> Meyer would probably be my pick, and and the, the other guy I'll give a little bit of a shout out to is Carl Dunbar because uh, he had to to kind of rotate a lot of different guys in there. Obviously Cam was the steady, but you had Ogan Joby that was hurt on and off. Uh, Louder Milk never really developed this year. I think the way a lot of us thought he would. Uh, they they used to Marvin Leal and a number. Yeah, of no, they ways. they so I, I think he was worth Louder Milk. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think it's not a bad choice there, Mark. I, oh, I yeah. appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Um, one, one thing about one note yeah. about Larry Ogunjobi, since we're talking about him and it's coming up, I think the one thing, and I think I mentioned this before, that benefits the Steelers this year in Ogunjobi potentially not leaving is the fact that most weeks he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Right. And, right. Teams are going to look at that and be like, yeah, this guy isn't healthy. You know, he's he's one injury away from not playing for us. Maybe we shouldn't sign him. Where the Steelers are going to go, we have some familiarity with him. We like him. Da, da, da. Maybe we offer him the same kind of a deal. He'll come back. $8 million. You know, for, for a, a productive defensive lineman, that's not a lot of money. Well, and, and Berner just asked this question, you know, what's he going to command? And I, I think uh, you guys are hitting it on the head. You look at uh, the reason we were even able to get him is because an injury kept him from that huge contract in Chicago. Right. Uh, I don't think he's know. going to be a first wave free agent. I no. think that he'll be in the second wave someplace and hopefully the Steelers will will be able to sign him. I would agree with that. I, I, I'm not going to throw out a number just because I don't know what that could look like just yet. But I have um, no idea. I mean, and all those projections you see, you, you take a look at um, Spotrack or over the cap, and mm-hmm. they try and project what a player is going to command. I'm sorry, they're bullshit. Because basically what they're doing is they're looking at the way a player performed before right. he got a contract and what he's done since and that, that, that. It's all speculative. They're 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 paying guys based upon potential. And when someone has an injury track record, that reduces their price. Cuz you don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know yeah. when it's going to become a factor and the guy's not going to be able to play. Yep. Yep, got it. Um, Here's a question though. Would you rather have Larry Ogunjobi or Javon Hargrave back? Javon Hargrave. Hargrave Hargrave is going to cost. He's going to cost too much. Yeah. Well, I know. I'm just saying he's going to be a free agent. Javon Hargrave's not coming back. He's probably not coming back to Philly either. 
No, he's, he's going to get a nice payday. And more power to him. He deserves yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah next I'd, up, I'd rather have Hargrave, but he's not coming back. Right. Yeah. I'd say. I was just looking at the free agents. Uh, Jonathan Scott Award is uh, noted for uh, That's a one really time. hard one, honestly, because they didn't it have is a, hard bad, this a lot year. of bad free agents this year. Uh, Jonathan Scott Award goes to the uh, uh, free agent signing that, well, I guess we should say didn't pan out. I, I Although he wasn't a free agent, most of us, or all of us, would say, yeah, the whole William Jackson trade thing, that certainly sucked. But, but they didn't give anything out for it. They didn't, right. they didn't do anything. He wasn't a free agent. So I... I who was the worst free agent signing this year? Like, uh, I know who it was. Akella Witherspoon. No. No, he was last year. He was last year. For him not. Right. Scarps, no. what do you got, man? Akella Witherspoon was a – he was a restricted free agent. They re, they still re-signed him. They re-signed him. He was their own guy. He wasn't an addition. Well, yeah. It, it, I'll, allow it. I'll allow it. It matters. It. <laughs> eh. uh, judges? He didn't. Yes. Have to, okay. We allow it. He didn't have to cut. They didn't have to resign him. Right. He was pending. Well, I, and I did not. I did not des, uh, describe that this would have to be a a free agent from one of the other thirty one teams. So you, your answer will be allowed. Right? I'll allow it. Yes. The judges have it. ruled. <laughs> judges have ruled. Uh, Ian, your free agent that didn't quite work out. Oh man, I had two. I was hoping Ben would go and pick one of the ones that I had. I, had I so got I could two see the also, other and oh, and, oh. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm going to go with the one that actually played and cost us a game in Gunnar Olszewski, um, and got yeah, I, surpassed by Steven Sims as the kick returner, and really was only a good used call. as a blocker yeah. on offense after. And I know, you know, preseason doesn't tell you everything, but in the preseason, I saw him and I was like, this guy could actually like be an okay slot receiver. Same. And I then for it. just <laughs> nothing. So, yeah, I'm, going, I'm going with General Shefsky, but I seriously consider Jeremy McNichols because they signed him and we're like, oh, yeah, he backed up. Uh, Very nice. I forgot about him. Very yeah, good. yeah, he. He was in Tennessee. He was kind of that like third down scat back kind of guy. Then he got hurt like his first day in camp and never Literally. did anything. So, um, yeah. you know, he was okay. my second choice. But Olszewski, Olszewski, Olszewski was was where I was going to go with it too. Now I had to pick another one. So, well, not necessarily because I, I was gonna actually go I do I, I know. Um, I'm going to go with Mitch Trubisky. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Hello. Uh, given his price tag and as tentative as he played when he was the starter. He cost us some games, too. If he had just come in and played gutsy like he did when he was the backup and he was like, fuck it, I got nothing to lose anyway, they would have won some more games. They, yeah. I feel like they did him dirty. They did him a little dirty. Yeah, yeah. But only and, because they they didn't they didn't know they were going to be able to get a quarterback in the first round. Nope, and I, I wasn't even talking <laughs> about that. I truly believe that they told him, don't make don't make mistakes. Don't take risks. And and for Mitch, that was just like saying, "I does not compute." <laughs> like <laughs> he had no idea what to do when he was told that. And to me, that's just really shitty coaching. Yeah, maybe it, it was. It, I, it, I yeah. don't. I don't I, know. I mean, what I can tell you is he regrets coming to Pittsburgh. A million percent. Um, yeah. I uh, I regret the fact that the Steelers signed him. Well, and uh, I have a question about that actually. Because 
the other place he was looking at was the Giants, uh-huh. and Daniel Jones played really well this year. I mean, if yeah. he'd gone to the Giants, he wouldn't have played at all. At all. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's yeah, because so, so that's where he, Dable went there, which was his OC right. in Buffalo. Yeah. yeah, at least he put, like, something on film this year. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, Some, something. Yeah, well, Oshevsky was going to be my guy. So I got to gonna... wonder if the guy is going to come back now because, you know, obviously he hasn't asked for a trade, but he's been public about the fact that he regrets the fact that he signed him. Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I and I, I can't say I blame him. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, our next uh, is the Pleasant Surprise of the Year Award. Well, you didn't tell us about this. Too bad. I yes, like to he did. You, uh, I have it on my yeah, list. He, def- he definitely did. told us about this. He one. did not. I'm going first on this one. <laughs> Talk you. to me, Steel Dad. No, no, I get to go first on one of them, so I'm going on this one, and it's Jalen Warren, and I don't even need to say anything else about it. It's Jalen Warren. Pick my pick. And uh, and yeah, see, see. I had to okay. Well, I I have a better one than that. Go ahead, then Ben. Fine. Mason Cole, oh, because when I watched his film, yeah, he met when they Mason signed him. Sorry, he meant Ben meant Mason Rudolph. Mason I, held that I, I did really not well mean Mason year. Rudolph. Although I appreciate center. the fact that Mason Rudolph looked horrible in the preseason, so that we didn't have to play him at all during the regular season. Uh, Mason Cole was a guy I did not think was going to be very good, and he was not great. I but but he was competent, okay, which was leaps and bounds better than his predecessor, Kendra Green, who was not at all competent, would let someone slide right past his face a foot in front of him and not touch the guy. I don't understand how the fuck an an offensive lineman can be that bad, but he is. Um, So, yeah, Mason Cole, for me, is is the biggest surprise. Yeah, that's a great pick. Biggest surprise of the year, and – God damn, I'm glad to be wrong about him. Yeah, no, I, I was too. I, uh, I, I'm i really, really curious to see what the Steelers think overall of him because obviously if they don't draft a center, then they're pretty high on him. So, Well, I mean, you know. honestly, you could play him a guard if you needed to. Yeah, so. he's got yeah. the capability. My my feeling is if, you've, if you come across a, a center, and the center class isn't great, but if you come oh. across a center that is a really good value – at that pick, you take him, and you, you maybe you play him at center, maybe you play him at guard. But that's the other thing with with Cole is he's got position flexibility where you can just play him at guard. And it's not like Kevin Dotson had a great year. Kevin Dotson did no. not have a great year no, at all. Didn't. So, you know, um, let's see where do I got to go? Uh, Scarps, Jennifer, great minds think alike. Uh, my biggest surprise this year is Connor Hayward. And Connor I, Hayward's hands. And Great I, hands. And I, yep. I, I joked on the show and laughed on the show about the Steelers love signing siblings. Um, <laughs> and I yep. didn't want them because I thought that he was very, very raw. And this would be nothing more than uh, a pick that's charity. And I was wrong. And I should have known better um, because uh, – Obviously, his brother's Cam, his dad's Craig Ironhead, but um, his hands are much better than I anticipated. That jet sweep, which Canada trolled all of us with, Matt Canada, sure did. Matt Canada, if you're watching, every every <laughs> time, every once in a while, a fucking you mean blind if. Twirl. 
Hey, man. <laughs> the blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, Matt Canada, that jet sweep to steal the Raiders game. But Connor Hayward was absolutely much better than I anticipated. Um, yeah. And he could end up being a very nice, uh, not only say steal, but yeah. very nice steal for a six round. I mean, who who really expected Connor Hayward to get a jet sweep in any game ever? No, it- <laughs> That was, that was his best call I mean, of the entire season. You you may as well have run a jet sweep with Kevin fucking Dotson. I mean, I, <laughs> seriously, seriously. I mean, you never, I never saw that shit coming. I was like, yeah. what? who is that? Who? Oh, <laughs> you think yeah. Kenny, wow. you think in the huddle, Kenny was like, Kenny was like, Hey Zach, we're not going to throw a shitty screen to you. We're actually going to do a jet sweep to you, Connor. And he was like, for real? <laughs> oh, Ian, who's your surprise I, of the year? I was all prepared to go with Jalen Warren, but because you took that one, ah. I will. Uh, that's probably my vote. But I'm gonna just give a shout out to Alex Highsmith for he had eight career sacks in two years before this season, and had 14 and a half this year. Yeah. Um, you know, really stepped nice up year. his game. Uh, really nice year for for Highsmith. Um, so I'd say, you know, Jalen Warren was definitely the, the come out of nowhere surprise, but I yeah. think as far as exceeding expectations, you know, I, I didn't see Highsmith as a double digit sack guy. I saw him as like a, you know, eight or eight, eight and a half, you know, maybe right. one sack every couple games, but you know, to get to 14 and a half was really impressive. So uh, I'm going to go with Highsmith. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, burner. Uh, Ryan Switzer is leaps and bounds better than Gunnar Olszewski. Oh, God's sakes. He's way better than Gordon Olszewski, who sucks uh, donkey balls. Our next category is play of the year. The the Ooh. best single play of the year. Uh, and uh, Scarps, we'll start with you. Got it. Let's go all the way back to week one. Really? All the way back to week one when Jamar Chase tied the game <laughs> and Minka Fitzpatrick Block the extra point, and I'm and I'm telling you this right now. That game is over. If if their long snapper does not get hurt, that game is over. The Steelers are zero and one, and I don't want to predict the rest of the season, but they're right. likely don't have anything to play for, and we have no idea where they would ended up in this draft order. So, Minka, and I've been critical of Minka on the show. I, I think that he's been fortunate to be around the ball uh, at the best times, but Minka is legit position. He's Minka is legit. He's he's, he does it. Not everybody gets it. No, he, he, you know, everybody messes up, but, but Minka that, that play to me was just unbelievable because even though extra points aren't routine anymore, because they're further back. um, I mean, that was literally, a game that the Steelers normally lose over the last couple of years. And they actually won it. And one and oh is better than Owen one. I love it. I think it's a great call. Uh, ben best play of the year. Going to go back to week six. And it's for one reason. The uh, Steelers are playing the Tampa Bay Tom Brady's <laughs> in Pittsburgh. And uh, Mitch Trubisky came in for a concussed uh, Kenny Pickett and threw a touchdown pass to one Chase Claypool in the fourth quarter and made the score 20 to 12. Yeah. And it's not so much that moment or the play even. It's the fact that the the fan club behind me erupted in a fuck Tom Brady cheer. 
I'll just go ahead and <laughs> reenact that for you. Fuck Tom Brady. And they, you know, repeat it and repeat right, it and right. repeat it and repeat it. And after years of having that fucker fucking torture us over and over and over and over Way again. too many times. Yeah. Even though it was in the twilight of his career. I was going to say, he was only 800 years and old. He, I don't care. He, he, I don't care. He was only, only 57 years old. <laughs> but he still Joe came out and was playing. <laughs> he was still playing. And, and we got that fucker and made him look bad at home. And yeah, the fans being around me made the made the game that much more enjoyable for me. That was the play of the game, the play of the awesome. year. Excuse me, love it, awesome, uh, Ian. I'm gonna go with Kenny Pickett to George Pickens to beat the Raiders. Um, I've told this story on the show. Uh, that was Christmas Eve night. Yep. My two oldest boys were serving at midnight mass at our church, oh, yes, that's and right. <laughs> that's I had to. I had to have them at church at 11 o'clock to get ready for midnight mass. So I dropped them off and I'm sitting there in my car in the church parking lot watching the end of the game on my phone <laughs> because there was two minutes left when I like we hit the two minute warning and I was like, I got to leave the house now. And so I made it basically there, you know, during the two minute warning, I might missed a play or two. So I'm watching the game in a church parking lot in my car and Pickett throws that pass to Pickens and I'm there screaming in my car, <laughs> pumping my fist. Um, so some of it like Ben's like Ben's play. Yes, it was a great play. It won the game for us. Yeah. But some of it was just like the moment that I experienced of like I'm in a church parking lot before midnight mass on Christmas oh, yeah. Eve yeah. watching yeah. this game on my phone. So yeah. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, no, it, it was a great moment. Didn't matter where you were. Uh, I, yeah, I remember you telling us that. That was good. Joe Nicholas um, was there for the fuck Tom Brady cheer. Yeah, you know, oh, was it? Uh, he he oh, wasn't yeah. just there. I bet you he was part of it. He, oh yeah, no, he was there and he was he was partaking in the cheer. We mm -hmm. we all were. It was fantastic. There were lots uh, of those cheers during that game, but the oh, one my. at the end was the best one. Yeah, because the last time you're probably gonna be able to do it too. Ever. Well, until he calls a Steelers game. Yeah, or yeah. I was really hoping he'd go play for the Raiders this year at 58 years old. That would have been cool, wouldn't it? Because I'm going to go into that game. Yeah. And being able to lead Steelers fans in a cheer of fuck Tom Brady in the in the Raiders in, stadium in when he's a Raiders quarterback yeah. would have been fantastic. But alas, he, he denied me that that right. Um, so my play of the year is is more of an emotional heartstrings tugger, if you will. Oh really? The the TD pass to Connor Hayward in Atlanta. Um, oh, good one. It was his first TD. Um, it, you know, Dad played in Atlanta. You could see the emotion on Cam's face. It, it, I, it was just one of those cool moments for me. Why you watch sports uh, sometimes? Why and, and why we're Steelers fans? Because family's a big big part of Steelers uh, football. So. That that was that was for me. Uh, obviously, the ones you guys chose were were right up there too. And um, you know, there were there were some other great ones, obviously. But when you go nine and eight, there were some bad ones too. You know, no, so, yeah, really? believe it or not, believe it or not, that uh, that existed. Uh, worst social media user Steelers category. Okay, so this is the Steelers player who really sucks at social media. Does Matt Canada have a social media account? I don't believe he does, but he would probably do jet sweeps on it all the time. Um, 
Hmm. Ben, I'll start with you. Fuck, I don't know. Um, uh, Ian, I'll start with the you. The obvious choice Devin is, Bush. Uh, is, yeah, Devin Bush. Devin Bush yeah. is the obvious choice. The guy's a dick. He uh, He's a fucking crybaby. Seems like a finger pointer. Um, not at all what they thought they were going to get when they drafted him. Not just physically, but mentally. His attitude is eh, questionable at best. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, and, and also talking about like playing for other coaches while you're technically still under contract during the playoffs. Yeah, not technically. Is, you're under contract. Yeah, just a shit move. Yeah, I want to leave. Okay, fuck you. Bye. Burner yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, the, with the haymaker. I missed it. What do you say? looks so good in a McDonald's uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> do, we, don't we, do we have other categories or is this the last one? I think we've got uh, more. Well, I, I actually have uh, two more. I missed. Okay. I don't know why disappointment. <laughs> biggest okay. disappointment was supposed to get in there. All right. And it, and then, and it didn't. Okay. And then the other one is. Uh, uh, well, you haven't seen it yet. Okay. Fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So so my worst dealer social media yeah. user is okay, actually. Here we go. Uh, is Deontay Johnson. Um, That's fair. He fucking. He tweets the most cryptic shit. He'll be like, stay tuned. And like, everybody, like, what the <laughs> fuck? Uh, what's he mean? Anyway, so yeah, Deontay Johnson, like, he fucking, he and he annoys me on social. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Ian, did you have a uh, worse social? No, mine was Devin Bush. Oh, that's for right. the, the playoff thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really find anybody to be uh, horrible. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Scarves a little bit. DJ, DJ got on social media sometimes and just, it's like, dude, just, just stay off. You know? Stay tuned. Uh, yeah. yeah. Go, go away. Uh, stay tuned for what dickhead? Uh, and Lions here's the, don't listen to the opinion of sheep. Here is the wow. final oh, award. Fucking insightful DJ. Uh, final award for, uh, this year. Uh, biggest asshole on SCB podcast, and why is it Ben? Oh, that's uh, rude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Embrace it, There's man. The embrace it. <laughs> I'm not the uh, biggest asshole on this podcast. You know who actually did that slide? Mason Rudolph. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> Probably See, true. Uh, something like that. Uh, anyway, that uh, kind of wraps up our, uh, our, our blitzies for this year. And uh, oh, believe me, we'll uh, we'll end. oh, Bozik just jumped in. Oh, that dog, man. Um, anyway, we'll uh, that's just start, rude, Dan. Fuck you. Time to start <laughs> focusing on the draft a little bit, gentlemen. The uh, I've got let's see, I've got previews on uh, tackles, offensive guards, and centers, and tight ends, and the wide receivers will be going up probably tomorrow. Um, so we uh, you have done a lot more up. draft prep than I have. Well, that's okay. It's it's been fun. Um, it's been fun to watch these guys, and you know, they're, 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 that's a great thing about draft uh, prep is there's a lot of them that you know, and then there's some that you don't know, and it's fun to watch those guys. Um, because I'm telling you right now, there's some dudes there that could be really really interesting. I'm telling you guys uh, right now, the Steelers are not going to take a slot wide receiver because Calvin Austin is going to be the greatest thing ever. Uh, well. Uh, that's sarcasm for you people who can't see my face we will save that for another show as we uh on the pod off the pod it be 
just rude, Dan. That's just fucking rude. Rude. Uh, what we, Berner said, if we draft Joy Porter Jr. in the first, I'll be chucking milk and I'm lactose intolerant. All right. Um, here's the deal. We have to say this right now. If we draft Joey Porter Jr., you need to we need to do a live show on draft night. But we also, will be. Oh, we will. You, you need to send Burner a link so he can actually chug it live on the show when we draft Joey Porter <laughs> Jr. <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah, Joey, we, it, that's not true because Burner eats fucking pizza and it has cheese on it. He oh, takes well, pictures of it and posts it online, so he can't possibly be lactose intolerant. Did you see the pizza he had tonight? It I, I saw the pizza he had yesterday. It had some fucking pineapple on it. I was like, dude, what a dick. That just makes you an asshole. You're all fucking haters, man. <laughs> Pineapple's good on pizza. Pi- fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> pineapple shit, on pizza is fucking is an abomination. Ben, how do you feel about uh, uh, like barbecue said, chicken pizza? Eh, it's all right. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it's instead okay. of red, so instead of red sauce. Yeah, have a barbecue, barbecue chicken pizza sauce. Yeah, and throw some fucking pineapple it's on it. Not really a fucking, fucking pizza anymore. No, it's not. What the fuck? Why would you even do that? Why? Nah. Why are you putting fucking chicken on pizza? I don't know. Well, coming up next week, we'll be talking more about pizza and what not to put on it and other things. Uh, anyway, thanks everybody. I've got new koozies in. They arrived this week. We're not They'll doing Casey out. Holy shit, I forgot Casey. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, get rid anyway. of the biggest asshole thing so we can do Casey. Yeah, oh. I'm the asshole now. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it's asshole. actually Mark. Let me uh, t- turn it over to uh, Mr. Casey. I don't know. I'll be honest with you guys. When we did the, the show without Mark, I don't know who the biggest asshole in the show was. We were competing with each other. That was that was yeah. a tough See? show. See? That was, that was a tough, tough show. That was awesome. Oh, Aaron chimes right. in. I watched it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, God damn. Fuck, that was off the rails. Well, hey, I don't mind just coming in. I'll just start the show. You guys do it. Text me when it's over. And I'll, you know, yeah. Just sit there and watch. Uh, you're shit. We're uh, like, hey, yes, Mark. Yes, well. Burner. I, 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 overtime is coming. I, I've, I've, it's coming. I've got Blitzy one for best show of the year is without a doubt when Mark's power went out. We did yeah, overtime yeah. for every nice fucking to, hour. Nice to know how important I am to my own fucking podcast. <laughs> three hours. Three hour podcast and got drunk as hell. Oh, so oh God. Weird. That was great. We were so drunk. Uh, it's, is Casey in the bullpen? Is he ready to roll? Yeah, he's here. He's here. All right. Can we blow Casey up a little bit for... here so we can actually see him? Casey's top 40. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hold on. Let me get rid of God that. damn it. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. This is about to make a really inappropriate joke. Uh, Casey's Coast to Coast, American Top 40. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the week that was February 16th, 1984. Ryan for Pittsburgh writes, Dear Casey, Normally, I start off my letter with a parody of a famous tune, but this week, I'm going to switch it up on you, Casey. I want to share a story about Def Leppard. You see, Def Leppard's drummer, Rick Allen, was in a severe car accident in December of 1984 in which he lost his left arm. He was only 21 years old at the time, and the band was on top of the world, enjoying their success off their breakthrough album, Pyromania, released in 1983. As you can imagine, losing an arm as a drummer would be quite challenging. But what transpired after is nothing short of a miracle, Casey. You see, a custom drum kit was built for Rick so that he could use his feet to play the parts his left arm would have before the accident. Def Leppard then went on to put together one of the best-selling albums of all time, Hysteria, released in 1987, 
which had more hits on it than Mel Blount had during the 1975 season. <laughs> Why am I telling you all this, Casey? Well, I just brought knowledge to the table, and I'm just a casual fan. Matt Canada has been coaching for nearly 30 years and knows nothing about football. <laughs> wow. Casey, love bites. Again, Casey, I cannot understand why Matt Canada still has a job with the Steelers as their offensive coordinator. Wow. Is it because he had a Hall of Fame statue for a quarterback in 2021? Is it because Canada actually punched Mitch Trubisky in the face and not Deontay Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> or is it because Canada supposedly gave Tomlin's son a scholarship? We'll never know. I promise to go a little bit easier on Matt Canada in the future, but Casey, I just can't quit it. I want a new drug. Well, Ryan, perhaps you should talk to your psychiatrist and see if he can get you some black and gold placebos. In the meantime, you're in for a treat. Up five spots this week to number 21. Here's Huey Lewis in the news off their album Sports, Sports. with I Want a New Drug. <laughs> Wow, all the Def Leppard re- le- references in it. Why Outstanding, up yeah. That's amazing. God, I remember when the Joe Elliott thing happened. That was so sad. Oh, man. Rick okay. Allen, who you, what? Joe Elliott, he's the lead singer. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. Why Joe Elliott's lead singer. This has been a rough night here on SC. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, anyway, thanks so much, everybody. And I did. I did get the new koozies are in. Uh, for those of you that sent me addresses, I'll be kicking those out this weekend. So look for them in the mail next yeah. week. And uh, they're they're very nice. We haven't done black since the very first run. So those are brand new. And I uh, got some new uh, decals as well. So all kinds of fun stuff going on here at SCB. So make sure you check out the website, steelcityblitz.com. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh probably other places too uh for these guys this is steel dad signing off on the scb steelers podcast brought to you by deck roofing incorporated of south florida and hey go steelers ravens suck yes they do